We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I wanted to jump in quickly and let you know about the release of the audio version of my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, narrated by David A. Knesser. If you want to support the show, you can buy it wherever audiobooks are sold. Links are also in the show notes. Now on to my guest for today, Belle Neba. Belle runs two businesses, Eudora Marketing and African Vibes. An immigrant from Cameroon, she started out first building a media company to portray African culture and news in a more positive way. That venture has evolved into African Vibes, a digital media company. It wasn't a direct route getting there. After achieving some success when she started out after business school, she put her business on hold to start a family. She then took a corporate job, but wanting more of a challenge and do something she was passionate about, she opted to dive back into entrepreneurship. Belle speaks openly about her fears and self-doubts and how reading, tracking progress, and taking stock of what she's done before have helped her. One thing Bell believes strongly is that there are no excuses and that any challenge can be overcome. One lesson Bell shares is how the philosophy of one thing at a time has helped her build her businesses and ensure she's always in alignment with her truth. Now, let's get better together. Bell Neba, 
Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm uh, excited to be here. Great. Yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for, um, for, for wanting to be on the show. And you know what's great? Um, you're another interview I got from uh, matchmaker.fm, which I actually just started to use and I've been finding some really great guests. So uh, you're in good company. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Good. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about uh, Eubora Marketing, African Vibes, the media company you have, and all sorts of things around that, because I do think that not only marketing and media in this day and age, especially we're still under the COVID stuff, uh, is, is okay. super important. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we do that, like I always like to say, uh, why don't you tell me how you got to do what you're doing today? Yeah, I have had a very, very interesting up and down type of journey. So a few years, well, more than a few, so I'm not going to date myself. <laughs> but um, so I'm an African immigrant. I actually come originally from West Africa, Cameroon, to be precise. And I came to the United States when I was a teenager. And when I came, one of the challenges I had in the media was I saw so much negativity um, so people would talk about Africa, but in a way that was not uplifting, right? I mean, who wants, I don't care what's happening in your home. You don't want to always hear just the worst of the worst. It's, it, it kind of makes you feel small. And so I often wondered what avenues I had to go look at stories that would be on the positive side, because even I started buying into negative, the negative. And I kept thinking, is there nothing good? I mean, I had a, there were challenges in my childhood, but there were many fun memories. And it wasn't from a place of, you know, we have multiple cars or anything like that, but it was happy, just genuine moments. And those things were not out there. So I kept looking and looking at, at some point, I sat and paused and realized if something is not getting done, you might as well just do it, right? It was intimidating at first. So I decided to, brace myself. I'm one of those people, I believe that we we are the problem solvers in this world. We cannot keep shifting the buck to somebody else. One of my things actually is no excuses. Like everybody knows me about my no excuses. So I figured I'm going to take a plunge. I've never done anything media, never ever limited exposure to the entire thing. So I started um, African Vibes then. That was many years ago. And so I started African Vibes. It was actually the business plan I did when I was doing my master's degree. I presented it and it had, we had like some business people there that would kind of state if they would invest in your idea based on your presentation. So it was my capstone project. And I actually had a couple of people saying we would invest in that idea if you could prove it, if you could prove that there's a market for it. So that was very, it was, it gave me the encouragement to pursue it. So I actually started it. I did print, never did print before. I actually remember there's a book I actually still have about how to do a print magazine. And the book was about people with big budgets. And here I was oh, yeah. with zero budget, <laughs> no money, none of that stuff. I'm a student and I had just landed my job trying to get my life together. And I had this right, thing right. I was doing. So I started to print. I was in Borders bookstores. I mean, I was doing things that at the time I didn't realize were even a big deal. But that journey, I, as I went through two doors, and I think that's a lesson I really learned in life was I knocked on doors. I got more yeses than no's from the most, I'm talking from celebrities. Here's this little wow. old me. I'm 
here talking to Akon like he's my best friend. I turn around <laughs> and Wally, he's fine with me. I mean, I'm meeting all these people and none of them is saying no or acting like, who are you? They're just being people. Right. And right, so right. I just realized oftentimes we just need to ask and people would actually say yes. You wow. Know, That's a good surprisingly. point. So I, I, I did that for a little bit. Then it became overwhelming. I got married and it started taking time. It was getting bigger and more involved. And so I was needing to start playing in the big leagues, but I was married. And my husband was like, when are we going to start a family? (laughs) So as, as a woman, you have that challenge of, do you put that on pause? And the older you get, time isn't your friend. So I finally said, okay, let's start this family. And I got pregnant and I had this reawakening that doing First baby and business was very challenging for me. I see some women are doing it like they can have business for breakfast and be super mama. I wasn't that woman. Like I struggled. It was hard for me. So I put that whole thing. I actually took a business that was on the upswing and I shelved it. I was like, baby focus right now. Wow. That was hard. Wow. And many years later... (laughs) I shelved it, went back to a corporate America leadership role, managing teams, technology, and settled in that role for some time. It just was not for me. Now, I excelled in it. I could do it in my sleep, but it just wasn't for me. It just came too easy for me. I needed something that was mine, something that challenged me to grow, to be better, The corporate job challenged me in some ways, but not in ways that to me were meaningful. You know, I could manage a team from India to wherever, and we could build all kinds of things and solve problems. But I was doing it for a, you know, data and analytics company focused in real estate and the financial industry. It was okay. It's, it it didn't cut it for me. So I decided to take off the dust from this thing that I had shelved put it back down and say, okay, can I revisit this? And how can I revisit this in a way that I will feel fulfilled? The previous iteration of it was overwhelming. I was, I mean, it was really challenging. And being a parent at that time, I already had two kids. And I'm thinking, how do I balance all of this? How do I make space for family and business? So I decided to start cutting things out. I said, okay, print, we're going to shelf you. We're going to just go digital. We'll just make it a typical media site. But then I paused again. I realized even if I did the media site, I still won't be fulfilled. Because one of the other challenges I had before was advertisers would come to me to say, okay, we want to place ads. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would actually bid against myself because I would tell them, You did that banner ad, it's not going to get you the outcome you want. You need an actual strategy. And the whole MBA business, me, would show up and I'm giving them all this strategy and advice on how to promote your businesses. And I just couldn't help myself. And I had so much joy. That's why I did Yubora Marketing. And it finally felt right. It finally felt fulfilling um, having both. Now, of course, the challenge, because the irony is, through Yubora Marketing, I actually get to coach other businesses and they have this challenge and I'm the one pushing them to let's find a focus. 
and I needed to find a focus. And for me to do that, the way I see business is we typically often reach crossroads. So every time we reach a crossroad, we have to look at how do we pivot? So for me, that crossroad was, okay, now you found the two things that are fulfilling to you, um, but how are you going to balance them? And the pivot was, now you have to start thinking about building an actual team. And my background is systems. Um, From my corporate, I could do systems in my sleep. I love processes, and that's my little, you know, wheelhouse right there. So... Um, So I started looking at, okay, slowly but surely, but there is a way to build teams. And because I'm self-funded, that was another, little things like that excite me because like, okay, I have this challenge and now I have to use my creative juices to figure out how to make it work as a small entrepreneur. So I I started building a team and, and finding the right people. There's a whole you know, process to that. So I had to take a step back and say, okay, um, there's a book that I really, I really love. It's called The One Thing. I don't know if you've, um, you've heard of that book. It's, I think that book is like one of the musts for any entrepreneurs, especially the ones that are struggling with, you know, how do you become productive? So it's, you have a focusing question where you have to constantly ask yourself, what's the one thing in whatever area you want to focus on such that by doing it, everything else would be um, easier or unnecessary. So I constantly put my businesses down and I think, okay, I have all these areas I have to build. So I have like a little chart, like, okay, these are the areas I need to develop. Then I look at my minimum viable business structure then I look at what is the one thing and then it helps me prioritize. So for, you know, African vibes, what's the one thing. And for that, I put together a team that was able to keep it going and grow it. And then for my marketing, I started looking at, okay, initially when I started, the one thing was clients, you know, you have to get get clients and then you start getting your clients. And then the next thing for me was what's the thing that concerns me the most was, okay, I started struggling with imposter syndrome. Here I was, I had won awards from a corporate setting. I had a media business. Yeah. I have met all kinds of people. And here I was having imposter yeah, syndrome. Yeah, yeah, Well, that just, that just proves to me that you're actually an authentic real person that's got real feelings and not a robot. <laughs> no, it's like, oh my gosh, Jerry, I'm here like panicking and it, it hit me hard I kept second guessing myself yeah. I kept thinking what do I know why would anybody care about what I know and I remember one day I'm sitting and I'm looking at my husband I'm like everybody knows this stuff what is there I tell everybody <laughs> that, you know, they don't know and he kept saying but people are at different stages in your exactly. journey exactly Exactly. Yeah, now I, I I struggled with that quite a bit. I remember one time my coach, when I went to him, and I'm like, I can't shake this thing. And he was like, Here's what you should do. Have you served any clients yet? I was like, Yeah, I've served some clients. He said, Did you collect testimonials? I'm like, uh, No. Um, what if they don't like what I did? Right. So there's always that. Uh, yeah. you know, I share this on here for your for your listeners who may have this struggle. It's real. I mean, even Tony Robbins. Uh, I don't care how big you are. Sometimes you encounter these things. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It makes me feel like I, it made me feel like I wasn't crazy because I was looking for people to say it's okay. Because mm-hmm. of course you see everybody saying, "Hey, this is how I." came from this to this and it sounds like it happened overnight and everybody seems to be waving a magic wand and voila everything is 
is perfect. And nobody really tells you about the space in between, the sleepless nights, the struggle that goes on. And so I struggled with that. And so when I started reaching out, because I was practically feet to the fire, my coach knows how I operate. You have to challenge me. Mm. And oh boy. And he knows I'm a no excuses kind of girl. So he just throws that at me and it's going to happen. So I was like, okay, because before I was telling, oh my, what if people say this? And and that he's like, that's not you. That's not you talking. And so he dared me. So when I started reaching out to my clients and I was getting this really incredible reviews, it made me pause. I was like, oh my gosh, did I really have that kind of um, impact? I remember one of my clients actually saying, you know, I now know I'm going to become a millionaire because you're going to be helping me get there. And I thought, oh, wow. And I was like, well, I'll be right there next to you. I'll be doing this, you know, growing our businesses. And it gave me the reassurance early on that I needed. So for me, for business, it's always been about this, the small wins. You get the small wins that give you the wind to go the extra step. Mm-hmm. And then you you grow again another step. So I take small wins. I now actually have a little sheet where I put little milestones I want to hit. Mm. If I'm struggling with something, I just put it there because the day I accomplish that thing, then I go put that date. Mm. I write the either the limiting belief or the fear I had. Uh-huh. Then I tell myself, oh, wow, look at it. I was scared, but now I did it. Oh. So it's a little thing I do now um, to help me have some kind of record of my wins so that I can build momentum off of those little things when I start doubting myself again. Such an interesting idea. So is it like a physical board that you can stare at? You can like write it down in a on like with a pen, or is it digital, or how does that it's work? Digital. It's I'm digital. A digital addict. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so everything for me has to be where if I travel to Hawaii, I could pull it up. Oh, okay, okay. Anytime. So I have that. So I use Google Sheets. I'm a Google Docs Drive, Google yeah. Drive girl. So I use Google Sheets, and it's a pretty simple. And I, I, I don't want to take full credit for the idea. Mm-hmm. There's this guy that I totally admire. I, I love to read. I try mm-hmm. to read four books um, a month. Sometimes it's books I've already read that I need to revisit. Right, but right, I enjoy right. reading a lot. And so it's he's David Goggins. Yes, I, just, I am very oh familiar gosh, with him. I really admire that guy. Yeah. He just inspires me because his philosophy mm-hmm. matches my philosophy. I just could never articulate it the way that he did. And when I got his book, what I loved in his book is how, you know, I I read a lot of books that philosophically tell you about the problem and what you could do. But when it comes to tangible things you can actually execute, they don't quite give you the tool or the techniques. Goggins gave me that. And so he has a few things, the accountability mirror, which it's where you go and call yourself out. <laughs> so I love that because I do not BS myself. Right. I believe in people taking accountability for right. themselves and for their lives. We can't keep blaming everybody. That's that's my philosophy. Some people may feel different. It doesn't negate um where people have come from and how it's impacted them. Right. But I still always try to say, but right now we're the masters of our 
fate. So we sh- we're in the driver's seat. It's, yes, that thing happened, learn from it, but how do you move forward? So accountability mirror for me is I have to call myself out when I'm BSing myself. That I got from Goggins. And then this idea of having what he called like your cookie jar, your cookie jar of accomplishments. I just did it digitally. <laughs> your Google oh, sheet of accomplishments. Yes. I came up with my Google Sheets version, which really, it really, I think it's incredible when you can, it's almost like a gratitude, which I have a tab now that I'm starting for. Yeah, gratitudes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people have gratitude journals. For me, again, it's easier because I can search things. Again, I know some people are like, well, you're supposed to journal, (laughs) but I'm sorry, I'm really... I'm usually very data driven. I yes. need to search for things and yes, find yes. things. So I I try that helps me so that when I whether it's me doubting myself and I've learned that you can accomplish and accomplish, you would always have those moments. Mm. It helps me go back either to something big I accomplished, but I go back to when I started. Sometimes I would just go back to that very first client that I had. And how I was terrified and scared. And I got that first. Yes. It could be something as simple as that. Interesting. So, so you almost track it back to the, the source, the, the first little micro accomplishment, the first tangible pin on the journey. Um, Yes. That's pretty cool. For me, it's always, it's data points, right? Mm. It's, Mm-hmm. It's little points. So let's say right now, if I was struggling with sales, yeah, I would go put in there um, having that next sell mm. because that's would be an accomplishment. Because maybe let's say I've gone three weeks and I didn't make a sell, right? Even if I've made sales before, it means something is happening and I have this thing I have to overcome. And then I'm going to write the fear. So I'll be like, oh, okay, you know, I'm afraid to, to do X, Y, Z thing. I'm afraid of, I just get honest with the fear. Then I go to work. I work on getting that next sale. Now, when I get the sale, I go back and I was like, okay, what things did I do that squashed the fears I had? Interesting. So it could be something as simple as that. So anything that I fear to do, I try to go in there and say, okay, I have this thing. Now it becomes a little mini goal for me to overcome. And usually it generally will be something that takes me into progression towards my bigger goals. Because I do have a whole goal setting thing that I do. I do it not often. I do it typically once a year. Then when I do it, then I go down to my daily habits and to these little tools and tricks to kind of help me advance towards my goals. Huh. I kind of, that's such an, I've never heard of anyone doing it that way, especially the whole, okay, this is my goal. This is what I'm afraid of. And then work, work, work. Oh, I achieved the goal and then go back. How did I crush the fear? That's, that's a pretty cool. I mean, I, I'm a fan of David yes. Goggins as well. I I've read it. I think I've read his book. I mean, I've watched a lot of his interviews, um, and just yeah. his journey and what his attitude and his ethos is really great. And yeah, he's a pretty like no excuse, no nonsense. Oh my <laughs> if I can do it, you can. That is he is. He's a whole different level. That guy is hard. He's yeah, like, he's hardcore. Souls. He is hardcore. Yeah, he's hardcore for sure. <laughs> uh, and so, so does Eubora Marketing? Does it focus on a particular kind of client? It how? I mean, you know, going from media, you know, the it's actually interesting. So going from corporate or media 
company, shelve it, corporate, not happy. I'm with you. I'm unemployable when it comes to the corporate environment. I drives me insane. And then kind of back to media, then back to the marketing company. Because what what I find really interesting is that, you know, <laughs> someone tries to give you money and you're like, no, 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 you need a strategy. Let me, let me help you with that. I'm the same way. I'm kind of like, well, why do you need to pay me? I just, this is obvious. It's not obvious. I've found out. So how did, does Eubora Marketing, does it focus on a particular type of client or industry? Yes. Yes. Now marketing, which is, marketing is so exciting because it's vast and mm-hmm. that's why I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it because there's so many things you could try that you could do and it's changing because our digital arena is evolving. It's not set. And that's probably for me the most, I'm one of those people I need to be constantly stimulated. Yeah, yeah. And so when I picked this um when I said, okay, I feel right with marketing because now even whether it's people wanting to promote your businesses through my media company or just helping entrepreneurs, I can help them more fully. But for the kinds of people that I always wanted to focus on, see, I am my first, I think I'm typically my client for everything that I do are small businesses. So I, I see the challenges that I encountered the struggles I had, the questions I had to grapple with. Mm -hmm. And then when I solve it, I want to help other people solve it too. And in essence, grow your business. And then I see, which I learned very quickly, that the things I take for granted that everybody knows, how much everybody doesn't know that. Now, of course, when I started, I wasn't quite clear who this small entrepreneur was um, or how nature went, because I narrowed my focus down further to social media. Um, And I don't do everything marketing. Can I? Yes, I absolutely can do SEO, SEM. I could do all those things. But my focus right now is social media Mm. um, marketing, right? So one of the things, uh, the, the reason I actually arrived at that, you know, social media marketing for small uh, businesses or, or businesses that are they've started, they're maybe getting some sales, but they're struggling to scale. When when I wasn't quite clear, and this is something that, um, yeah, business school says these things, but very abstract, right? <laughs> yeah, Unless I have an MBA, I, I would shelve a lot. Yeah, of me. So full disclosure, I have an MBA too, and <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, great, great foundation, but the real world does not work. Look like no. a case study. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely not. I, I mean, it is. So I kind of had to shelve, kind of retrain my mm-hmm. brain yep. to operate in the now, not in typical business school speak. Now, one of the things, of course, though, that maybe kind of from business school, but not quite either was, you know, you want to go out and test your market. I wouldn't give credit to my my MBA for that. I would give credit to the Lean Canvas or Business Model Canvas. I don't know if the audience has heard of it, but Business Model Canvas is kind of a rapid way of doing a business plan. So it's not a business business plan. It's something you can actually sit. I would call it more of a business brainstorm. You're Mm -hmm. coming up with your hypothesis. Business is really iterating around a hypothesis. You have an idea. You take that idea and you're thinking, okay, I think this is a good idea. I think this would solve ABC's problem. This is who ABC is. And you that's a hypothesis. You, you're not yet quite sure until you test it. Then you take it out to the market and test it. So when I first, I had actually had clients, but they were all over the place. 
for different things. And I kept thinking, okay, I can't be everything. You know, for some people, it's build my systems. For some people, because that's my background, comes easy to me. Okay, fine, let's do that. For some people, oh, I, I need, you know, email marketing. So it was all over the place. So then I thought, okay, I want to narrow this scope down, but how do I go about it? So I went out and I decided to reach out to entrepreneurs and offered free um, to, to give them advice within 30 minutes of how they could move their marketing forward. You know, some people thought, oh, crazy, you're giving away time. Why would you do something like that? And I thought, that's, I believe in the go-giver. I don't know if you've read that book too. Yes. Yeah, I'll quote many books here. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah no, I, no, I, I love, so keep quoting because I love reading too. And it's part of what I think is really important is that you need to read a lot and you also yes. need to write a lot. So if you've learned Absolutely. something, you need to share it. That's the whole reason Absolutely. why I wrote the Entrepreneur Ethos book. And that's the reason why I do the podcast. So, and I want to read that book. Yeah, I just that, heard, I'm like, I'm getting the I'm an audiobook <laughs> well, kind of girl. So, you know, I'll be signing up for that. I uh, appreciate that. Yeah, I love knowledge. I love learning because mm. uh, there's so much that I oh, don't yeah. know. And for me, the business journey is a, it's a journey of discovery. So, you know, and I believe that when you're a go giver, when you're someone that is open and freely helping people, there will be definite opportunities for you to monetize that. But then it's easier for you to build the relationships that would grow your business. And so I met with a lot of entrepreneurs listening to their, uh, you know, challenges. And I just started seeing themes. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Many of them were challenged with social media, which I thought everybody had it figured out. Another one of those aha moments. <laughs> Many of them were not clear on who their target market was. Again, I thought they're making sales already, so they know. For some of the people right on the call, I was like, I looked at your sites. The person you're describing to me is not who your messaging is targeting. Right. And I would tell them this is targeting. They'd be like, oh, wow, that's what I've been getting. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at your stuff. So I started realizing there are key areas where people are challenged. And they're saying, saying their marketing isn't working because the fundamentals aren't right. So even for the ones that were marketing or thought they were marketing on social media, their fundamentals weren't right either. So it kind of really helped me shape the packages that I could now start offering. It was from that that I decided, okay, I would do marketing strategy for social media. I would do um automation, so funnels, uh, but my way of doing it, you know, some people you come, you're like, here's what I want. And then they build it. I don't believe in an approach. I believe in, we have to get the fundamentals right. Otherwise, every, if you're not building your house on a solid foundation, then it's going to come crashing down. And then there were those that wanted the magic bullet, you know, Bell, can you make, I want to start making this amount overnight. This person promised they could do that. I'm like, then go to that person. <laughs> you know, make, exactly. I wish I had, you know, I had a, I was a genie. I was, I wish, I wish it, I was a genie. You could just come to and say, you know, genie, you know, here's my wish. You rub the lamp and poof, you know, all this, you know, uh, leads came out of the lamp that would convert to to clients. But unfortunately, in my own experience, that's not how it yeah, works. It never works that way at all. So you have to actually set your foundation, build your 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 you know your house, and then use data to guide to pivot. Your data would guide where your holes are, and you patch it, patch it, and then you build. So then it takes some time. It requires patience, and so. 
it kind of helped me with identifying where I, what area do I want to focus on? And I cannot even say it's a finite journey, which is the other exciting thing for me is it's not finite. I'm learning about myself each day. I'm learning what I like to offer. I'm learning to say, okay, I enjoy doing this and I do it well, but is it what I want to do? Because for me, my business journey is a, con- is a constant quest to be in alignment with my true self, right? So I always test that alignment. Am I in alignment or is it still not feeling off? I've had clients hire me where it started feeling like a job. And I was <laughs> like, I fired myself. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I literally fired myself. <laughs> I'm with you on that too. Boy, am I with you on that. <laughs> you know, I, I remember I had a client where, and this client was willing to just pay me and pay me and, I started feeling like there's something not in alignment, nothing wrong with the client. It was a really good client of mine, but I kept thinking, what is this? So I have a mastermind group that I'm a part of and I went to them like, I don't know if it's, is it boundaries? What am I, why am I struggling? And it was because this client of mine wanted me to operate like I was an employee, Mm. even though I wasn't an employee, even though on the surface, it didn't seem that way, but it felt that way. And at first I didn't realize that's why I was out of alignment. But then when I find, you know, so, you know, I had, you know, people in the mastermind say, oh no, you know, they're paying you good money. You should, you know, just see it through. And the more they were saying that, the more I was like, it's not about the money. It's, it's not aligning. So, you know, I just decided when I'll call that client because I have to feel true to myself. And for me, by doing that, I serve my clients better. So I called my client up and I, you know, told him, I said, you know, I'm looking at the things that we're working on. I can help you with strategy and all that. And we've worked out a good plan. Here's what I think you should do. I'm going to clean up a few things. We're going to hire somebody from the Philippines that will be considerably cheaper than I am. It would save you a lot of money. I would set up your processes, train that person, and then I'm done with this part of it. He was like, but they won't do it the way you're doing it. I said, I'll train them. They would follow my, my process. He was very nervous about it. So I did that. And the very next week, he hired me for something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's actually, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, a lot of people, especially when they first start out and especially consulting, but even entrepreneurs trying to get business, they chase. Yes. And it is really hard not to chase the sale, the customer, especially when you have nothing. Yes. Uh, and this is especially also important when you're trying to raise money because – Chasing money is bad too. Mm-hmm. And I learned this the hard way. That's why I've got all the gray hair. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because the, the, the comfort you have with yourself and what you're doing and how that interaction is, is priceless. I don't yes. think any amount of money, I mean, that's the reason why corporate is sort of not the place for both you and I. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it has to feel. It has to feel right. Yeah. It, it's not about, you know, money. And people don't often get it. And I, you know, I, I understand. I mean, even in my family, my family is a family of high achievers. I mean, my dad raised us to, so I feel some of my no excuses mentality is totally from him. He would not 
I don't care if you had a headache, you broke your leg, he's expecting results, right? So he's a high achiever, has a PhD in engineering. I mean, that's the upbringing, Mm -hmm. but they're still from the typical employee employer. Now, my dad has had businesses before that were that thrived. So that worked. But um, coming from that, uh, it was even a struggle for my family when I was leaving corporate America. It, It was, you know, some of my family members struggled with that. They kept thinking, you know, is she okay? You know, is what's going on? Is this something a bigger issue that we should be worried my, about? My parents ask me all the time. So, how how do you make a living because you don't have a job? And I'm like, I have a job. What do you? Yes. I think they're worried that I'm going to move back home. And I'm like, it's okay. You know, I'm almost fifty. I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. But you know what I mean? It's like because I mean both of, I, like both of them. Mom worked for a drugstore retired there. Dad worked for United Airlines forever, retired from there. Both my brothers work for the government. They're going to be there forever, right? I'm the only one that's like, like, what's wrong? What's your job? What do you do again? But once you you know that, and and again, it's a hard thing because uh, especially if you have the entrepreneur spirit and, and, and you're trying, especially if you're trying to figure out, do I want to be an entrepreneur or do I want to stick on the corporate route, right? Yes. And that's a hard question because yes. I'm, I belong to this group, this trends, this trends group from this newsletter called The Hustle. They, they have this little private uh, kind of mastermind group. But it's a really great group of people that are trying to figure this all out. Most of them are younger. And they're like, hey, I've got this six-figure awesome job, but I want to quit. Am I crazy? <laughs> and I'm all, oh, no. Yeah, you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. And, and that's really you've, – you've really hit it on the head, right? Because – when your spirit, because I call it spirit, because for me, that's what I'm, I tune into it, it, when it's not in alignment. Mm. Now, what people see is the six-figure job. I had that, that job. I had a private office. I mean, from the outside, that's somebody's dream. That's what they're saying. I want to be the lead in some tech company that's a big, like that, that's your dream. You have your private office. It seems like... You're nuts to be wanting to walk away from there. Yeah. I remember um, I have a sibling of mine. Now her path is a little different, but she's also a high achiever um, and she works for Apple. So she's right, right there. Startup mentality and it's a very different mentality. And I love, you know, that, but even she was concerned. And I, I remember she, she used to just send me all these things like, I have people at Google, a brain like yours at Google. And you know, do you know how much they'll pay for you? Because it was, <laughs> but then I kept looking at it. like, from her point of view, wow, you would rise up if, with this thinking you have, because this area that we live in, that's the kind of mindset we need. Right. And all I'm thinking about is, I'm just not an employee. Yeah. I just will not, yep. I would frustrate the people around me because I'm not meant. So it's not just, of course, there's freedom and independence um, that come uh, from doing your own thing, but this sweat and grit, and it's not an easy journey. Oh, no. And oh, no. I try to tell people, I would say 80% of entrepreneurship is in your mind. It's working on your mind. And people think it's finding the business that would give them six figures or, you know, it's growth. It's about growing and becoming the person that can do the things that you want done. And for me, it represents, if I want to be the best version of myself, entrepreneurship is the path. 
But if I want to operate in what some may consider high achiever, but for me, it's the lane of mediocrity, which some people think that's crazy. <laughs> then you stay in the humdrum of the corporate security blanket. Yeah. And that's how it was for me. That's how I saw it. It wasn't the money that I was looking at. It was the, I'm going to be like a robot in this. Yeah, I'll get challenging, interesting things, but it would just not give me the kind of personal growth that I was I was pursuing. Yeah, there, there's a guy interviewed for the book, Entrepreneur Ethos. His name is uh, Jason Cohen. He, he's actually the CTO of WP Engine out in Austin. Ooh, you know, so, I use it. Yeah, yeah, so do I. Uh, <laughs> And I, I interviewed him for the book and I remember, and, and, and I got the idea of like, well, what is, you know, why be an entrepreneur? And his, his take on it was, um, you want to build an independent life that completes you. And I've totally stole that, that line from him. And, you know, that was that. four or five years genius. ago. He's genius. I know because like, and I remember I'm, cause I had, I had literally never, never met him, but we, we worked, not worked. We were contributors to this thing called Answers on Startups, which I was like a moderator and then it got rolled. It was a whole complicated thing. But I just remember, you know, I'm on the phone with him, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, we're just, he's in the car talking. He's like, yeah, you know, da, 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 for an hour interviewing him for this book. And when he said, yeah, I just want to build an independent life that completes me, I'm like, boy, you nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it to the wall, that man. Is, because, wow. I mean, what else is there? <laughs> you know and and i'm i agree i'm un, i'm absolutely unmanageable at so many levels when it comes to the corporate thing i've got stories that you know since this is a family <laughs> podcast i'm not gonna say <laughs> but i mean i it, it took me a long time and it was a struggle to be like do i really want to yeah. take away like give up the the quote-unquote money for freedom, because again, it's, I think of it as a freedom thing. Absolutely. Am I willing to give up money for freedom? And I am, <laughs> I like freedom. I just can't yeah, I, I, I think you've really, of course, there's the fears that go with it. Yeah. It's, there's yeah. a lot of um, fears and things to consider that go with wanting to pursue entrepreneurship, but it really boils down. I think the key word is freedom. Mm. Um, you have the, because I would sit and sometimes I had to, I couldn't go be myself on social media because I had to be an example of, to my team and yeah. of what to say. And I kept thinking, I'm operating under somebody else's rules. Yeah. I just cannot be my own person. I just cannot get up and say, okay, you know, right now there's this exciting, I just didn't have um, that freedom to be me. And I think you've, that, that's the word. It's freedom, you know. Of course, it comes with its own. It's not everybody that can handle it. I've seen people not mentally prepared for the journey yeah. and struggle. Um, it, it, do I struggle? Yes. I, I would never pretend that it's all peaches and cream. No. It's not, but, it's not sunny in startup land. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. It is so not sunny. But the reward of accomplishment, when I sit with my team and whether it's for the media side and we've hit this milestone yeah. or we're collaborating, we're like, okay, we're going to do this thing and we're throwing ideas. And I just feel so like revived or when I'm helping a client on their business and we're doing this and we're solving this and we're seeing outcomes, I just thrive in that space. So it's freedom. It's absolutely freedom. Yeah. I know it's interesting because, 
you know, a lot of people don't, I don't know if they understand that or that, well, you know, you mentioned about the, it's 80% mental. Um, mm-hmm. and I a hundred percent agree with that. I think it's probably more 90%, but well, we won't bicker about <laughs> 80, 90, <laughs> because again, when, when I look at, you know, when I mentor young entrepreneurs and I talk with them about, well, why are you doing this? And it starts off with the external trappings, right? Fame, fortune, prestige, overnight success, want to be the next, you know, pick your favorite CEO, you know, person. Um, but, but this is not a job you get rich at because <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's not that it's, yes. it's the journey and the lifestyle that you, again, you want to build this independent life that completes you, but there's a lot of failure along the way and struggle and challenge way more than the corporate world. I mean, I would get frustrated in the corporate world just because I, I'm not a big political person. I mean, I can play political politics, but as like I would have my tenure at a company continue to drone on, I would be like, I just can't handle this. (laughs) Why is half my time spent politicking as opposed to doing stuff or, I just, I mean, and again, I understand, I understand you need that and politics is everywhere and you can't get away from it. I know like, okay, but boy, I would much yeah. rather want to control my own destiny oh, than yes. oh, boy. be beholden to some, you oh, know, MBA control. type. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> tell me about it. Ooh, tell me about it. I mean, navigating, it's a, it, oh Yeah. I mean, and some people they like this. Yeah. Theory. Oh, I'm not saying it's it's to each it's his own. Just, right? It's just not for some of us. It's not. We would like I always say we would frustrate the people around us, or they would drive us crazy. You know, and it's sometimes not that they're bad or anything. They're operating within the space that they operate in. But when you're an entrepreneur mind, that's just not the space where you thrive in, and you would struggle. You know, I, I struggled with, you know, with peers that were in different teams, but I would listen. I remember there was a product owner and to my in my mind, a product owner should be entrepreneurial in their thinking. And, and this woman would say some things that seemed so crazy or that just did not business-wise add up right. or where I'm thinking there's no ROI in what she's saying. I would literally have to bite my tongue each time. I feel like I, I had to just... Ooh, I just couldn't. It, it was, <laughs> it was just not for me. Yeah, and you're right. When there are too many young people who seek entrepreneurship for the absolute wrong reason, and not just young people. Um, I've seen people even with you know the whole um, MLMs, the multi-level oh, marketing. Oh yeah, things. yeah, yeah, yeah. People are getting into those things and I see the way they're pushing certain things and I'm thinking, no. Now, of course, uh, you know, there are people in it for the passion of it. So there's that. But I think if there was anything I could say to people is if you want to choose entrepreneurship, you're choosing more than I want to make a certain amount of money. You're choosing growth. You're choosing freedom, like you said at a price and the price is growth that you have to grow and that growth will come from failure from rejection it would come from all these things that you would have to encounter along the way wow bell that's a great way to end 
I appreciate your time. And uh, no my wow, pleasure. just yeah, a lot of wisdom for all you young folk out there. <laughs> don't make the same mistakes we did. No, no, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> all right, take care. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and, frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos my patriot supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company americans trust to prepare go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com